What's the what's file size on a, on a one-hour podcast uh, running multiple cams? We're and probably going to do less. It actually does a really good job of compressing. It's, does it? Yeah. I, Meg, you would probably know better than I, but I think it's around 500 megabytes total project. Maybe it's like 800 megabytes total That's it? project. Yeah. Jeez. They're wave files. Well, it, it does. But with video, too, though. Oh, yeah, it does video. MP4. So what's cool is that that board actually is compressing everything in real time. Oh, no kidding. It's fucking awesome. Look yeah. at us. Meg, how do you feel being the engineer slash producer and being over there and not on not on in the real show? Does that does that feel like you're being left out? No? You're okay? I like this. Oh, okay. This world, yeah. All right. Cool. She should have a, a side mic that she can toggle yeah. on and off. <laughs> I know. I like I, that. I, I don't disagree with that. And if it wasn't going to take me 10 minutes to get it all like plugged in and set up, I would say let's do it. <laughs> so just so you know, Meg, you're, you're not not thought of. It's That's just, why I was asking. I it's just, it's just late, a combination of laziness and also just time constraint because yeah. we got to go to happy hour. Mm. Sure. So let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Creative Working Title Podcast. I am Steve. And if you are in Germany, um, uh, German greetings. Yeah. Frankfurt, uh, uh, Russia. Yep. I think Belgium. Yep. Ireland. Crushing it. Huge in Europe. Yep. So thank you for that. I don't know why we're that. so popular in Europe. Yeah. I, I mean... I'm European. I've got some some European. I'm actually German. Actually, fun fact: we have uh, someone working at the company. Uh, her last name is Thrasher. She's fluent in German, so I am fully connected to her because I want to just absorb all of the Germanness that I can. So again, thank you, Germany. We appreciate you. Today we have with us James Dowd. As always, not as always, actually, as most of the time, as some Sometimes of the time. Sometimes I stop. I stop showing up. Right. Yeah. You got things to do. I get I it. Things to do. You you're guys, missed. You're doing it without me. You're missed, but it's okay. We'll be fine. Yeah. On the, but back to the other subject. Why are we getting all these European listens? How are people finding us? And uh, they, uh, they're they very creative over there. That's what it yes, is. It's their creativity. Mm-hmm. Speaking of very creative, uh, we have with us today, sweet, sweet Justin. Sweet Justin. Hello, sweet Europe Justin. and others. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. This Our, is it. Aside, uh, Europe is big, but... Yeah. Uh, the Northeast, Connecticut, New York are, are big. <clears throat> After that, Silicon Valley. Really? A ton of listens in Silicon Valley. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Decent. He, yeah. we just, he just earned a little bit of respect on what we did. Yeah, he's giving wow, us a little... We, we we're not, a, we're not alone here. Respect. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. There are actual people. Even if it's five. <laughs> yeah, no, the pers- it's uh, like 25% Europe, 25% uh, Silicon Valley, like 50% Northeast. Cool. And then everything else is too small to pick up. Not bad. Not bad. Don't know why. Not bad. So, Justin, you've been on the team for a while now. And what we what we try to like to do, like to try to do, that's the phrasing I wanted, was bring people on as they join the team, talk about them, what they do, who they are. So please dive in, who you are, what you do, and then we're going to get into some, we're gonna get into some hot topics. Sure. Um, so I joined the team uh, beginning of October last year, 2021. Um, came on as associate creative director under James on the content growth marketing side of the business. Um, I come from a graphic design background. Um, I've spent years as senior designer, art director, um, and now am leading more of the um Concepting and creative direction around um, various ads, marketing campaigns, that sort of thing for for DS. So, um, so and doing a great job at it. I may add. Well, thank you. 
Uh, no, in all seriousness, I know I'm saying that with a little bit of sarcasm, <laughs> but it is awesome to have you on the team. Appreciate it. Um, the one thing that we like to load anyone that's new on here is with the question of what does creativity mean to you? Mm. Um, I knew that question was coming and I, and I wasn't able to prepare anything super moving, but I think it's so kind of distractions were working. Yeah. yeah. Stop thinking. Stop thinking. You know, I know what it's not. I know it's not math. Um, cause if it was, I wouldn't have, uh, succeeded with that as a career. Um, so it's, it's maybe the opposite of math. It's, um, it's problem solving with stories and ideas that are unmeasurable sometimes in a, so the only thing that separates a SAT question that's a, a story, it's like, well, Jack leaves the train station at 100 miles an hour heading east and Sophie leaves heading west. I'm already well, annoyed. Right? <laughs> right? So that is solving a problem using storytelling. The only difference is, what was the last point you made? That it's... I don't know what I just said. It's not always, it's not always measurable. It's always me So that's it? Creativity is measure, measured or to not be measured? I think creativity is um, what goes on on the right side of the brain, mm -hmm. which I think is the only side of the brain that works for me. <laughs> oh, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Everything you said, yeah, because it's not math. I like that. It's that it's not math. Yeah. Math sucks. Spreadsheets suck. Unless they don't because you actually have to do like some calculations. Then they're actually kind of cool. I did realize that like to a certain extent... Spreadsheets are cool because I thought about them as programs, as applications. And to that point, they are cool because they can be creative, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea of you like making and crafting this beautiful spreadsheet that when you put in one number, it calculates all these other things, like you had to really think about that. So to me, that is creative. But the actual numbers themselves, bleh. Yeah. Calculations themselves, bleh. Now I have to figure out what is the formula. I don't know what the formulas are. I don't know how to do those formulas. I just know you hit the equals key. And then you start typing in some letters, and it just starts filling stuff in for you. And you go, oh, yeah, that's the one that I want. Until you get an error, then you have to do it again. Spreadsheets suck. What's interesting about creativity is that it connects people. Um, whereas, like, numbers and things don't really – you don't make human connection through that, through those types of things. It's, it's more about um, not just stories but, like, craft. I think people respond well to craft, whether it's um, – you know, traditional classic art or music or cooking. Mm. You said cooking, not Love. cocaine, correct? Right, cooking, cooking. not cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> it did sound a little bit like cocaine. Okay. Um, uh, you just dropped, us on, so, dropped it honestly just cocaine. So, no, you bring up, actually, you bring up a really interesting thing. You said music, right? So, right. Um, for those that don't know, Sweet Justin and I are starting a band. We've already we started a band. Fall Out well, Boy cover band. The Pecan we, Sandies. We, the Pecan Sandies. The Pecan uh, Sandies. Pecan, why, Pecan. Why Pecan. Pecan? Why that name? I haven't heard the story about uh, that. That was uh, Frank, Danny DeVito's uh, band. <laughs> the doo-wop uh, oh, yeah. crew. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so uh, that's the, the context of, of at least this thought that I have. So you talked about music, right? And the idea mm -hmm. that music is somewhat dependent upon math, right? There are integers, right? There are, um, you know, a, a, a beat, a measure, right? Like all right. of that is structured because if it's not structured, then well, what are you doing? You're just making noise. Yeah. Arguably jazz or uh, not even jazz, but like progressive music, right? Where you have these weird time signatures, right? Mm -hmm. That's where things get a little bit more interesting. I don't know if we, have we talked about like math rock? Have we gotten into that at all? Like heavy progressive or math rock? A little bit. Where it's literally like only about 
the math, right? Like the complexity of how intricate and how detailed can we make this yeah. song? And to me, that's where I start tapping out because then it's like, it's, it's too much math. <laughs> Knock it off. Yeah. And interestingly, like that's a very unpopular style of music. It sucks because it's math. Right? Like there's no, there's no top 100 hits that are like math rock no. or anything. Like those are not the, the, those are not the songs that are like speaking to people in large amounts, you know, like. No, it's pop. The, the farther you get away from that stuff, the so, more popular it is. So that's interesting is, because that's, that's what you're saying, right? Math sucks. But it's the storytelling. Yeah. And the storytelling of a four over four beat in a major key just works. That's a story. That's like a universal story. Yeah. Right? That that whatever it is, one four five or one four one two chord progression mm-hmm. that everyone uses, that everyone's like, Oh yeah, this is the one. This is great. This is that that sort of universal language, that universal story. Yep. So I like that. Yeah. Also fuck math. <laughs> Um, one of the other things I want to talk to you about was a conversation that we were having earlier today where we were talking about um, some of the things that, that you found as a designer that you enjoy. I guess you just have a preference over other areas of, of doing design work. Talk to me about that. Um, yeah, I think um, I spend some time working in with like UI and building websites and screens and things like that. And I... On one hand, it's it's enjoyable because that's a um, much like print. It's a very tactile type of design work because people are physically using it, even though it's you know it's it's with thumbs most of the time, right? But it's interactive. Um, it's something. It's more of a product um, than you know just a visual piece that someone reacts to. Um, so I think in a lot of ways that can be rewarding. Um, but also the, I think the neg- the negative side of that is just the intricacy and the level of detail that you need to go into with the actual design system. Um, and I think, I think me as a person, like I'm not patient enough to do that all day every day. Like I, I'll take on an app project once in a while, but I would never want to be defined as that and work on apps or websites all day long because. Um, I like, you know, working on one thing and then jumping to the next thing, you know, mm-hmm. like I have, uh, some sort of ACD, um, not ACD, ADD, um, ADHD, ADHD, ACD, like ACD, ACD is my title. ACD, ADD, um, ACD, yeah. ACD, ADD, it's ADD that <clears throat> ACDs need to have because we need to bounce between things so much. See, I was thinking ACDC. I was just thinking about music. Yeah. ACD, ADD, I like that. But I, I think you're, article. I think you're right. And, and. Pete talked about that being like a creative strength, right? Like that's, that's sort of like a superpower is that you're able to think about, you're able to manage multiple projects or continuously think about those things or switch gears right from one to the other and go, okay, cool. I'm going to be super hyper obsessed over this thing. And then, okay, it's done. All right. Next thing that I need to be hyper obsessed over, I'm, I'm maybe pushing that too much, right? Hyper obsessed. But the idea that you're going to do a deep dive into those things, I think I can relate in the sense that I always like starting new things. I always have new ideas that I want to explore and I want to work out. Yeah. And sometimes for me, I shouldn't say sometimes, a lot of the times it is just going through that process of I have this idea in my head, I need to get it out. And if I don't get it out, it's going to hurt. So like, let me just do this thing. And I remember feeling that way with when I would do design work, right? I mean, I think it's the same. Like if you're doing logo exploration, you start dabbling and, and you're, you're noodling and you're like, ooh, what if I did this? So you make a duplicate copy and you start drifting. And then 
I found, at least for me, that like that original concept I had, it's like, that's shit now. That's long forgotten because I've already developed three or four more that I think are way cooler because I just let myself drift. First yeah. idea, worst idea. First idea, worst idea. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I think, um, I think I'm more attracted to the ideas than the, um, than the execution or the, not the execution. I have a deep respect for, um, you know, UI and identity, you know, systems and the way things all work and come together. Um, but at the same time, I think my attention span reacts better to just like bouncing from one big idea to the next. Mm. Um, ideas are, are more exciting. Yeah. Um, so that keeps me more engaged, I think, long term. And, and we were talking about that in the sense that, you know, creating an ad, right, making something, having this idea, big or small, having this idea, crafting it, putting it together, putting it out in the world, and then getting a near immediate response on, was that a successful thing? Right. Right. Did that work? Did that serve its purpose? <clears throat> and you could do that, you know, you could measure that in a series of ways, right? But compared to something like... UI UX, you wouldn't know until that thing has lived maybe for a month or two and you've received some feedback and, and you've gotten input to say like, hey, this we, we got to tweak this or we got to tweak that. Or maybe it's a design system that over years, right, and, and branding that over years you start to realize like, holy shit, I know exactly what that brand is and I didn't realize it. So then you go 10 years later, ha, I really did do a good job. Yeah. And, and the analogy or the comparison that I was making was similar to that of like a stand-up comic, right? Stand-up comic tells a joke and they know immediately if that joke landed or not. Sure. Versus someone who's working on a on set of a movie, right, a comedy, and they don't know until a year after production, right, when they've done all their lines and all those jokes were written, maybe they had some alternates that they kind of tested because they, they played it to a, a demo audience and the audience didn't quite react, so maybe let's do some reshoots, whatever that is, but it's just not the same, right? So you're leaning more on that, you're a stand-up comic. Yeah, I like the instant gratification. Um, selfishly, I like I like people, um, you know, seeing my work and um, instantly knowing, like getting those visual cues and those verbal cues that they get it right away and they and they fully enjoy it. Um, I think that can happen with some of the more in-depth design work. You know, again, like design systems, UI work. Um, I think people can appreciate that who are not designers. Like you can use an app and it will be really easy to use and it'll be beautiful and you'll be like, this is a great app, I love this, right? But there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of attention to detail that goes kind of unnoticed, which is good design. I mean, that's the whole point, right? Like a lot of it is unseen, um, it just sort of works. Um, but if you're not a designer, you don't catch all those little, all those little details, all those little nuanced, um, you know, things that, um, you know, if, if Dre, for example, put together um, a new identity system, right? I could look through that and I could fully appreciate all of the tiny little micro decisions that were put into that effort along the way um, so that everything works and feels natural so that you don't even you know, notice those things. Right. But only, only I or someone that can see that kind of stuff can fully appreciate it. So like he'll get great feedback from the client and they'll love the brand and they'll say it looks good but there's only, you know, it kind of ends there. It's up to him and other designers to like right. fully appreciate those things. Whereas ideas and stories, that's a universal language, right? And like that's something that 
it's it's kind of like a level playing field for for clients and and you know um, friends and family and public to you know see that type of work and just be like oh I get it right away like that makes sense right it, that, it, there's no explaining there's that no tug on a heartstring or it didn't that was funny or it wasn't right. right that that was insightful or or it wasn't and and just the thought that I had when you were saying you know you either get that feedback like you do all these nuances and this intricacy and, and all this detail goes into it. And then a client hopefully goes, this is amazing. Wow. This is great. You did such a great job. Versus if they say something like, well, this is great, but could we just change this? And then you realize like, could you just yeah. CYJ? And then you realize like, I have to change like 30 things to make that one change because I had all this thought and this level and that, that one color that you want to shift has been implemented 50 different ways. Now, granted, you've showed me some stuff in Figma, and Dre has showed me some stuff in Figma that actually makes that easier, right? Sure. You can kind of have these symbols or these, uh, what do they call them, components? Well, changes are easy, but they're also like heartbreaking. It's, ah, right? yes. That's, it's hard because it's your baby, right? It's almost like a security thing where if you, if you work at like high-level ideas, I think it's easier to work with the client because the feedback is, it tends to make more sense because you're speaking the same language, but when you get into like design systems, they, you know, that's when you get like crazy feedback and you have to, you have to spend a lot of energy kind of explaining why a, a simple change why. may yeah. be, you know, a terrible decision for a product or a, or a, or a brand. Um, and oftentimes, you know, it falls on deaf ears and you end up, you know, kind of messing up something that would, you would have otherwise been, you know, a portfolio piece, you know? So yeah. like, that I think is a very big hurdle or, um, yeah, it's, it's something that some people can't get used to getting into the creative world, like constantly being like edited and reviewed by people that don't necessarily know the rules or, yeah. or know how it works. Nope. That can be exhausting. So I think, you know, I think tough skin in general is, uh, is needed in the, in, in the industry, but, um, yeah, I like I like speaking the same language and talking about like the bigger stories with clients because I think it's again it's it's just more understood across the board. Yeah, um, you said the word heartbreaking. Yeah, there when, when talking about when things need to change or things don't aren't proved thoroughly. Mm -hmm. uh, do you feel like clients are attaching themselves emotionally the same way creatives are to the work? Meaning, if something doesn't go well, are they thinking, oh, like, I love that. I worked so hard on that. I thought of that so deeply. Or are they like, oh, shit, my job? In my experience, people, startups tend to be led by, they're more emotionally led because those are like, those are the people that have created the idea and brought it to life. And it's like very much their baby. And they want to be a part of, every single step of the process, you know, they want to be involved with the logo and every, you know, wordsmith, every single headline. Whereas, um, if you have a much larger, um, you know, like global brand, um, these are just seasoned, you know, teams that often come from agencies or know their way around, you know, branding. Um, and they tend to just, um, make decisions more based on, you know, what's right for the audience versus what they are emotionally connected to or, you know, I think that's like the, the biggest thing is, and that comes with experience too, right? Like yeah. you can't just if you're a junior coming into this, or if you're just fresh out of school, right? I think whether it's coming in as a designer or coming in working for um, a, a corporation or a company or anything like that, right? You you 
you have to be attached to that. And that's sort of where the benefit of critique in school is, is beneficial, right? Like if I'm going to break down your work, not to break you down, just to literally break you down. No, it's to start to get you used to the idea that, and James, you, you would have kind of phrased it in a slightly different way, but like th this is, this is your idea. You, you can't be so locked to it. You have to accept that your purpose and, and the goal of making this thing is for it to serve someone or something else. Mm -hmm. So you can't be so devoted and attached to it. You have to recognize that you got to set it free. Or kill right? it. Or kill it, right. Yeah. You, so, so yes, we are, can be heartbroken. We can be attached. We are emotionally connected to these things, this work, right? These ideas, this effort. Yet we are fully aware that these are not ours and they are not for us. No. Right. And like you said, first idea, worst idea. Yeah. I might have loved that at one point in time. Well, now it's shit. It's trash. Got to get rid of it. Right. Work on the next thing. Or you put together this concept and this approach. You present it to the client and that maybe something was missed in that. And the client or even just the client wants to think about it a little bit differently. You know, a lot of times what can happen is the client might not have a vision in their mind yet. And it's our job to bring that vision to life. So we present that vision. And many times it can be, well, this isn't what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking, but it's not this. And you go, oh, how did I miss? Like, yeah. how did I miss on this? So kill the idea. Move on to the next. Yep. Even though. Well, but at the same time, the role of a creative is not to be a mind reader, right? Oh, no, it's absolutely not. But, but sometimes when, even when you're presented with a brief and you go, okay, I kind of have to put this together because maybe they don't know. Or the idea of someone saying, well, you know what? You're the creative. I'm, I'm going to leave this up to you because I know that you'll be able to bring this to life better than I could verbally describe it, right? So hmm. obviously I'll get, you get as much input in this direction as you can, but then there are those times when you put it together and you're like, cool, based on what you said, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? And they go, eh, maybe, eh, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Or sometimes, I mean, hopefully what you're hoping is this is amazing. I love it. You bring them to tears and they're floored and blown away by the fact that you are a creative genius. Yeah. I mean, that's all of us here. We all know that we've all experienced that. Like you were saying, that's that instant gratification. I made this thing, here it is, boom, you know. You make that ad, you put it out there, you get feedback from the community, you get feedback from the users or what, whatever it is, the consumers, and you go, yes, I got it. Yeah. Versus waiting and waiting and waiting and then not having that. Yep. It's, a, it's an interesting balance. It's, a, it's an interesting, I shouldn't say balance, it's an interesting relationship that you have with this thing. It, speaking for myself, right? The, art and creativity like it's the only thing that's ever like made sense to me right growing up drawing noodling and, and making things was the only thing that was like this is this is what i'm supposed to do yeah so that i'm so locked into that and then i present that and then it doesn't go over the way you want whatever that is right posting something on social media and it doesn't get enough likes right yeah. you start to dive into that and the psychology of that that that's a place where it should be instantly gratified and then I, I make some post, you know, some shitty photo, some post of, you know, hey, just bought a house. And everyone's like, this is amazing. You get more likes than ever. It's like, all I did was spend money on a thing, but I spent hours creating this photo and retouching it and detailing it. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. Nice work. It's like, ugh. But the reality is, is that I have to recognize if, if I'm making that work and I'm putting it out there, I'm setting it free. It now just exists. It's up to someone else to interpret it. But what we were talking about, Justin, right, is, or maybe it was... The three of us, we were talking about like, you still have to make it for you. It still has to be for you first and foremost. And then ultimately, it's going to live for somebody else. But if you can put yourself in that passionate place of I'm making art, 
This is what I'm doing. I love doing this. I have information. I have direction. I have so much insight and knowledge around how I should make this thing. I'm still going to make it awesome to the best of my ability and let it serve some greater purpose. Well, because you said make it for yourself. I don't think that's true. Well, we, we, make we it for un- yourself like as an artist. Well, I think it's you, you're, make, you're always making it for someone else, right? Right. And sometimes it's the client. Sometimes it's for the consumer whatever it may be. Sometimes it's both. But I think it's that even though it's for someone else, you have to put some of yourself into it. Because you if do. you don't, and if you're not a creative and you're hiring creatives and they're not doing that, you're going to get crap. You're going to get repetition. It's just a template. You're on right. Fiverr right now. You're on Fiverr. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Fiverr. Sponsor <laughs> of this podcast. Thanks, Fiverr. Um, it, yeah, that's an interesting point, right? Is that it's, it's going to show. Like if you don't have anything connected to it. And, and you can't connect so much that it's – like I can't look at it as this is Justin. Like, oh, I know Justin's work, right? If I look through your Instagram, I look for your book, and I'm like, this is Justin's work. It, there should be like sprinkles of that in there. Yeah. I think. I think there are, yeah, there often is. Um, but that it still needs to work in those different places. And then that's very much what our job is, to your point, James, right? Is you have to make it for someone else. Perhaps it can't just be for me. Plus, that's that may be why it's your portfolio. Like, I feel like your portfolio is your cherry picked, you know, favorites where yourself is coming through most. Yeah. Justin, you tell me you don't have any coupons in your portfolio? I do not have a coupon no or, coupons. or a banner ad set or no, none of that stuff. No, no, no banner ads. You don't want to put that in there, are you sure? Five and a half point type. You don't want that in there. I mean, who doesn't love who doesn't love squinting at an ad, right? Dollar off a little bogo deal. I mean, that's pretty nice. That'll get people jazzed up. I'll tell you what. In a review, limited time only. You're telling me I get buy one and I get one for free? Oh, uh, this guy. That's some good copy. Uh, Justin, being one of the the most subdued, quiet, stoic people, how does it feel being on a podcast where you're expected to talk in depth? Good question. That is a good question. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect, but it's perfectly, uh, perfectly comfortable. Cool. Well, <laughs> well wait. Know. So right before we were in our last meeting, I asked him a question mm-hmm. on Slack, and he just said yes. Uh, and it was, it was. A, I was thinking more emotionally. I was looking at the response, like, and it was just yes. And then I looked. I saw right above it. His last resp- response was like, okay. And I looked further up, and they were all just like, and so I showed it to him. <laughs> I was like, this is how you used to, did you talk to me? A single word. It's concise. Yeah. yeah. Right? I'm, but as we've talked about, I'm always convinced he just hates me. Well, it, in contrast, like I'll reply like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I'll be like, that's dope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just, yeah. it's just contrast. It's, and Ness's contrast, are usually like, yeah, you're yeah. an idiot. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Ness is, yeah how have you not idiot. been fired yet? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is the dumbest thing ever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Justin, I do have a question for you. So when you first joined the team... One of the things, like I, I, and I apparently this is a thing I do. I literally just presented this to the, to um, someone that we just recently hired. I was like, hey, if you ever want to be in content, let me know because I'll put you on camera. And I don't know if that throws people off or if it just shows my enthusiasm. Wait, who but, is this? Uh, Nina. Okay, because I, I also my first conversation with who her. Who else did we like, just hey, hire? Because I already just warned. I warned someone that Bill. Bill. I told Bill. I that think I presented that to Bill too. I told him, yeah, he's going to be put on camera. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, everyone, come on camera. But that was, I think, what day two, or it was maybe even the first day that I was working with you, like in office. You yeah. Might have, you might have been on the team prior. Yep. Um, but it was first shoot, and I was like, hey, I need a model. I think it was. No, I pulled you in right on set, and we just did some test shots, and then it was literally like, hey, the next day you come in, bring wardrobe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did that? Had you been on camera? Had you been in that position before, or was that kind of the first time? And how did that make you feel? 
Um, well, I've done photo shoots and been on set, not necessarily modeling, um, but I've stepped in plenty of times just to like, you know, get light, right, and light focus standing. and everything. Yeah. And um, it's not, I don't think it's weird. I think, I think it's perfectly natural to, for some people to not like to be on camera or on podcast or, you know, um, I think it can make people uncomfortable. So totally, but yeah, giving them the option is, I think asking is fine. I Wait, find it did, fun. Did you get the fun. option? Yeah. I, okay. I assume. Yeah. I yeah. He asked me if I would want you. to and I said, absolutely. Yeah. That's, right. It's a nice break. It breaks up the day. It's, it's fun. You know, right. I have no problem. And that's how I think. I might look like an idiot sometimes, but you know, <laughs> you I'll get up on camera and do whatever you need me to do. See, but I also like at the time it was. Do you have any video experience? Like, no, no video experience whatsoever. And right. then I remember just being like, "You will, yeah, we'll get you there." <laughs> and then like yeah. two days later, I was like, "What are you doing?" You're like, "I'm editing this video." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did you learn that? He's like, "I learned it last night." Right. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and I mean, that was sort of a self-serving question, not necessarily for the audience, but more for me because I think about that stuff and and I wonder. That I guess when I think about like this building out a team, right, and having this team of people and this ability to kind of share cross or I was going to say cross share passions. I don't know exactly how I want to phrase that, but the idea that like for you to be able to know what it's like to be there when you are on set helping me, right? The, yeah. the other couple of weeks ago we were directing something and you had some notes, right? And the, the thinking that I have is when you know what it's like to be on the other side, it helps you, for me, tremendously, it helps you direct the other person. Yeah. Because if I can envision what it's like to be you, then I can try to put myself in that position and understand, okay, how should I frame this to you? Because you don't see yourself the way that I'm looking at you that way. So yeah. I, I, I don't know if that's, I don't know if there's any benefit for that to you. Not necessarily that you need to answer the question now, but that's kind of like the thinking that I have is like, hey, you're on the team? Cool. You're you're in and you're on and, and now you're present. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way, but that's, <clears throat> that makes perfect sense. That's that's an awesome point. Um, right. Especially if, if you're aspiring to be someone who's directing, you know, talent on set. I mean, what better way to understand what they're feeling than to get behind the camera yourself? Um, I think for me, I, I, I don't necessarily like being on camera or even, you know, like sitting in a podcast room. I mean, this is fine, but I think I like to force myself to get... I'm, I'm totally introverted, at, you know, um, so... This is always outside my comfort zone, but I, I think I, I see the um, benefit of being comfortable in those situations, whether it's, you know, presenting to clients or um, going in for a job interview. You know, like the only way to get good at that stuff is to just force force yourself to do it and repetition, right? Um, so I tend to try to like grasp at any opportunity that comes my way to get uncomfortable. Because I typically will get a little bit better and grow a little bit from that experience. Um, get uncomfortable. Somebody said, "Yeah, I mean, it's been said a million ways. I don't know who's who, who to where the where where the first quote came from, but you know, they say like if you know once you're comfortable, it's time to like move on and find something, find a new a new position that makes you less comfortable, right? Like Ooh. you should not be comfortable at work, you because that means you're not growing anymore. Ooh, that's very interesting. So that's a uh, a green light for me to be mean. Yeah. Yeah. James is way too nice. Yeah. yeah. Stop being so nice. Yeah, sorry. I mean, no, you can be nice to me. It's not other people. I like when you're nice to me. Okay. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't hate James, by the way, for everyone on the podcast. <laughs> um, Even your wife thinks so. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't know that about myself. That was an interesting. And my wife kind of agreed, and she's like, she's like, yeah, see, I told you, you should, you should smile more and be more friendly. I'm like, I didn't know I was doing that. I don't know. Just oh, you're talking about the one word answers, right? Yeah. Oh, that you, your, just your wife gave you that. I, and I wrote in his feedback? 360 reviews that I, I still think every day that he hates me. Oh. <laughs> I don't hate anyone here. Uh-huh. It's quite the opposite. No, actually, see, I don't. So. No, I don't. I don't interpret it that way at all. Oh, that's good. No, not at all. That's well, good. he also ignores me a lot. He says it's because he's listening to music. But. Listening to yeah. <laughs> no, he's listening to music. Absolutely. Uh, and for context, Justin sits in front of James, so his back is to James. So yeah, just for that, I you do, can't see your lips. I try moving. to. I try to. And see now, this normally this wouldn't work for podcasts, but now we're on camera. I try to do this. Just get big. behind him. Yeah. To get the reflection in his laptop. <laughs> You're trying to like scare away a bear. That hasn't worked yet. It hasn't worked yet. No, no. it hasn't. Yeah. It, but it's entertaining for people to watch me. <laughs> I finally have. I like a that Meg is over now. there in the corner shaking her head. Yes. Oh, that's right. You do have a bigger glare. I have the now. bigger monitor now. The yeah. second. Monitor. I've tried. It, it's still not picking up. Now you gotta adjust that angle. This, um, you, you, James. What you need to do is you need to pay attention to your um, angle of incidence. That's what it is. Is well, I mean, I, what I need to reflecting. pay attention to is what I'm going to start throwing to get his attention. I guess that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ping pong balls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got ping pong ping balls. Ping pong balls. Um, cool. No, I, I think, no, I, I don't, I don't know. Wait, I don't but also, as a, I'm never needing to get your attention for something serious, which is why I don't throw something. Because it's usually right. like, want to get a salad? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, I got a dumb idea. Hey, let's talk about something stupid. Let's, yeah. right, let's riff. But those are important things. Yeah, salads are important. Salad boy. Salad boys. Because I'm a salad boy. Yeah, sing. Will you do the whole song? That's all I know. No, you had the new. Salad the help you. You're gonna get. You're gonna get a sued real I fast. Salad boy. And then what was it? I'm just trying to. Trying to eat healthy. I'm just trying to eat healthy because I'm a salad boy. That's it. Salad boy. I think you should bleach your hair. Bleach it. Get it tied get up. Some maybe tattoos maybe get a face tattoo. Get a yeah. hawk tattoo. Yeah. Right on my eyebrow. Yeah. And for explanation, salad boys are what we are when we get lunch together and all get a salad. Salad boys. Yeah. We become salad, salad boys. boys. You know, you eat salad. And now, salad Meg, boys. now that you're in the Salad Boys, what is a non, you know, gendered version to, way of to say this? Salad people. Sal- that's a, that I'm a salad cool. people. It's too many syllables. Too now many I'm, syllables. Shoe, I'm shoehorning it. Doesn't it doesn't fit? I'm a salad person. Nope. Nope. I'm a salad. The salad patch. <laughs> We're the salad, salad, pa- salad patch. patch kids. Salad We're patch salad kids. Salad patch. <laughs> Salad Patch Kids. Is that salad the name of the patch fucking kids. band? Salad That's pretty patch cool. Kids. <gasps> I thought it was Oh, the name of the band? Thunder Lizards. So, fun fact, I thought Thunder Lizards was what dinosaurs uh, were, were translated to. But no, it's uh, Terrible Lizard is the translation of dinosaurs. That was a fun fact. I mean, I thought it was cool. But I still... Brontosaurus is the only Thunder Lizard, as it turns out. Hmm. I'm pretty sure uh, probably a, a Diplodocus It's probably also a Thunder Lizard, but Brontosaurus, that was the big right. boy. But the Diplodocus was pretty closely related. I think it just kind of had like a, a mohawk. I like how we, we stand on track. Thunder. <laughs> We're talking dinosaurs? Dude, let's, can we talk about dinosaurs more? What's your favorite dinosaur, Justin? You have uh, to have a favorite dinosaur. I don't have a favorite I dinosaur. I think it's a lot. Velociraptor. Oh. Because you know, of the... the uh, Fucking badass. The eating of the people. The Jurassic Park movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, they got another one coming out. You don't have a favorite dinosaur? No. Come on. Why would I have a favorite dinosaur? Because you at one point were a little boy. I wasn't a dinosaur kid. What? I wasn't a dinosaur kid. Also, not a big fan of those movies. 
Oh, well, the original. Come on. It's a well, that's classic. All the, classic. It's all the time we have classic. here. Yeah. No, hold on. I you mean, know, it is happy hour time. I know it's happy hour, but... And I need another beer. Mine's a Triceratops for those that were curious. Why? Because I love the number three. Oh, jeez. Because three's a magic number. That's a bad reason. No, it's a great number. Also, they're just <laughs> fucking cool. It's basically a rhinoceros, right? It's just, it's just this sturdy thing with a shield and horns. It's ba- and, you know, if I were to guess, if I go back a couple hundred million years, T-Rex is coming at me, what's my best defense? Horns, belly level. Boom. As long as I can get in there faster than he can come down and get, get the back of me, I've got a shield block in the back of my neck, and I've got horns projecting right up into his gut. That's it. Yeah. I'm glad you put a lot of thought into this. I just like a Triceratops, guys. But apparently, someone's saying that uh, there's some discovery that apparently a Triceratops isn't real, that they somehow misunderstood the bone structure. Is that Triceratops or Brontosaurus? I think it was Triceratops. Because that was a subject here at the Peabody Museum is they assembled multiple bones to create the Brontosaurus. Shout out to the Peabody. Yeah, over here at Yale's Peabody. So it was not actually a Brontosaurus. And I think what ended up happening was they found a Brontosaurus later. Oh, I don't know the exact story. It's been a while since I've been there. I watched a documentary on Netflix about the findings of the first complete uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. I forget the name that they gave it. They gave it a female name Um, and that the government came in and took it away. And it was this whole thing. Like it was this very dramatic documentary and I was so roped into it. Is it Terry? No. Terry the T-Rex? It should have been Terry. I like Terry. Anyway. Teresa? uh, Go ahead and... uh, Email us at uh, info at digitalsurgeons.com. Let us know what your favorite dinosaur is. Is that a website uh, or an email address that exists? We can make it exist. Yeah, so head over to digitalsurgeons.com. Find our contact form. Let us know what your favorite dinosaur is. I hope it's a Triceratops so we can be friends. Um, happy hour time. Justin, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Did we talk enough about creativity? <clears throat> yeah, he told us what it was. It's not okay. math. All right. Done. Cool. Actually, it would have been hilarious if we were talking about this before. We were joking. But if you only just gave like those one word responses, yeah. like it's not math. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Yeah. Yes. Right. I think the last thing I'll okay. add, because I think it's interesting, is you said you were only good at art in school. That's all you did, right? Which was my exact experience. Like yep. I was a terrible student, um, but I did really well in art. I was in yep. art honors, and that was like my one thing. But when I'm a little bit younger than you, but when I was growing up, like, and I'm assuming it's the same for you, that was, it wasn't, it wasn't clear. It wasn't totally clear that like you could ha- make a living doing something like that. And a lot of the times, and even now, cause we have, you know, we have students coming in that like don't understand that what we do is a, is a career path. It's like this mystery thing. Everyone knows where, you know, they, they, they know what ads are and they see photos, but they don't understand that that's like a real job where you can make a, you know, a good living. Um, so, I blame the professors yeah, and yeah. the school system. Meg and I were actually talking about this earlier um, in that they are not set up to understand that th- this world. So she has an example. She has a friend who is exploring possibilities. And I made a rude comment to Meg. And I go, why didn't she do that in college? Uh, knowing full well, college isn't doing it for them. No, I was just not. I was just trying to be funny. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's a valid point. But she has this degree she doesn't know what to do with now. So now she's going into the real world and the school didn't set her up in any way. Only on one path and this yeah. is it. This is what you're locked into. But then meanwhile, everyone everyone who has the jobs are looking for certain qualifications that now she doesn't have. 
So every college student goes through this gap period where they're trying to figure out what to do with this, f- these four years that they potentially just wasted. Mm. And there's not a very good transition. And, uh, and for our industry, the transition is ad school, right? Mm-hmm. The problem with ad school is you have to have enough money and influence to be able to move to another city and pay for an entirely new school. Right? right. So a lot of times you get privileged white boys. That's who end up going to those. Yep. And then your the ad industry is privileged white boys. And so there's no diversity of thought, of creativity, of background, of experience, anything. Right. Yeah, it's flawed. And so how do people get in this industry? Before that, how do people know about this industry? How do they understand what paths they can go down? And then what do they need to do to either walk down those paths or get on those paths to begin with? Mm. All questions that are not being truly answered out there right now. No, no. Aside from, I I mean, for me, the big thing was going to school, you know, creative school, design school, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And interning. That was it. Yep. Show up. Sometimes you're paid. Sometimes you're not. Here's the experience. Learn how to do this thing. 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 And just being exposed to all of those different things. And to the credit of the school that I went to, um, they they introduced me to a whole bunch of stuff. Like we were in, one day I'm I'm doing you know fine art drawing, the next I'm coding a website, and then I'm now I'm doing 3D design. Now I'm doing typography. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you need to have this this variety of like, nope, that's shit. Oh, that's too much math. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want that. It's that. It's finding that thing that that gets you jazzed up. Yeah. Yeah, for our, I wonder if that's, I suspect that that's an American school system flaw and perhaps, you know, our German listeners or Russian, um, Irish, Russian, maybe, maybe it's different. Maybe that's not their experience, you know, like maybe that's a clear career path from an earlier start and uh, it's just an American thing that we need to work on. Um, but that'd be interesting to hear back from somebody if anybody has any insight to that. Well, uh, yeah, so also uh, send us an email if you are one of those listeners and your school system's better, let us know what it's like. we got to fix it. <laughs> um, any other thoughts, boys? Uh, any other thoughts? Uh, what, Kat, wait, what why is we, your nickname Sweet Justin? Oh, yeah, why do we call you Sweet Justin? Uh, I think I did something and you said Sweet Justin. And I, and, but you... Prior to that, you had said, we need to figure out a nickname for you. And then you said that. And I said, well, there's your nickname. And then it was done. Good story. It was a great story. (laughs) That's why I tell people I'm not sure what the nickname's about. It just... That's it. You were like, you need a nickname. You said it. And I told you, there's the nickname. It came from nothing. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm owning it, you know? It it fits you. Sweet Justin. Thank you. Sweet Justin, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Why don't you guys ever give me a nickname? I give everyone here nicknames. No one ever gives me a nickname. I want to call you Jimmy Dowd, but you're not, you're not a Jimmy. No. But I want to call you Jimmy Dowd. But I can't. I'm not going to call you JD because I know you're not going to like JD. I don't mind it. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, what's interesting, when I think of JD, I think of Scrubs. Scrubs, yeah. Yeah, see, mm-hmm. that's why it's like you're not JD the way I think of JD. Um, More of a Dr. Cox. Oh my God! Yes, you're absolutely fucking Doctor Cox, hundred percent. You do you watch Scrubs? No, you seen Scrubs? Oh, yeah, you're Doctor Cox, hundred percent. Yes, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we should. Meg, uh, I've just tasked you with coming up with a nickname for James. Whatever, whatever Meg decides is final. All right. 
No pressure. Make it good. Yeah. Make it good. Cool. So on the next podcast, we will have nicknames for James. Um, final thoughts? Not really. That's it. Okay. So make sure you, <laughs> make sure you subscribe. Uh, find us on Instagram at Digital Surgeons. Just search for Digital Surgeons. And thank you so much for listening to the Creative Working Title. Uh, that's a wrap. Good set.